Good morning, Bodhisattvas. There's a um, preliminary admonition at the very beginning, very first line of a text called the Verses on Prajnaparamita, the Verses on Perfect Wisdom. So this is, you're going to walk into perfect wisdom. Call forth as much as you can of love, of respect, and of faith. And I feel like calling forth uh, as much as we can of love, of respect, and of faith, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, in the middle, in the end. You know, and here in the fourth day of Rahatsu Sashin. And I want to dedicate a moment here to acknowledge that Kosin Greg is not with us as he's starting cancer treatment. And both Kosin and Laura, with the support of the Practice Council, uh, decided it would be better you know, to step away from co-leading the session. That was the original plan. And just to acknowledge that you know, for some of you, this may feel like a big shift or a big hole or a loss. And it's been great to have Laura sitting with us. And also to honor uh, Kosin and Laura's teaching and practice are so much a part of you know, what is happening here uh, this week. Um, so our topic for this practice period has been you know, repose and bliss, engagement and liberation. And the kind of center point has been a conversation about rest, which is also, you could say, a conversation about zazen. And so just some of the threads of this conversation are not, not holding up a kind of individualistic sense of rest, but a totally relational or a communally informed sense of rest. And we're, you know, caring for others is intertwined with rest. And repose and bliss is like honoring relationships, honoring uh, relationships with the earth, with each other, with uh, all beings. And then also kind of like related to that, a kind of non-escapist rest. It's like, it's not avoidant. It's not like, it's not a freedom from something, but a freedom like in. And it's nourishing and resourcing our capacity to be in and with, you know, myriad forms of suffering. And so along with not getting away from suffering, rest 
as being how we meet suffering. Kindness, uh, gentleness, also curiosity. And letting our grasping uh, rest. Uh, Letting our body of tightness release. Meeting what's happening with relaxation. And like opening, you know, some spaciousness, some choicefulness with our reactivity, with our defenses. And that this is um, integral to a more humane, compassionate, sustainable life of engagement and liberation. To make to make deep contact with self and other, and a kind of you know reclaiming humanity. And so this is some of how we're speaking to rest and to zazen. And a, another kind of a key phrase for us has been the Dharma gate of repose and bliss. And this comes from Fukan Zazengi, which we've been chanting, Dogen's um, meditation instructions. And so um, in Fukan Zazengi, Dogen opens with this kind of broad inquiry. How come we need to practice if our nature is awakening? And then he kind of speaks to the attitude of zazen. It's kind of non-gaging, but urgent. And then he describes the physical posture and the procedures. And he offers a koan. Think of not thinking. How do you think of not thinking, non-thinking, or beyond thinking? And what I want to talk about today is just the next few sentences after that. So, the zazen I speak of is not learning meditation. It is simply the dharma gate of repose and bliss, the practice realization of totally culminated enlightenment. It is the manifestation of ultimate reality. Traps and snares can never reach it. Once its heart is grasped, you are like a dragon gaining the water like a tiger taking to the mountains. So the the zazen I speak of is not learning meditation. So it's it's not, um, it's not a, there's not, it's not a technique. There aren't like tricks. There aren't special methods. It's not an instrumental thing. Um, We're not into steps and stages. Most of the history of Buddhism, meditation is taught as a series of stages and and different types, different forms and insight and calming. 
And then both insight and calming can have many stages. Um, and so this is not this is not the zazen that, that Dogen is teaching. It's not something we use. It's not a tool. It's not really something we do. A monk as Zhaozhou, um, who's one of Dogen's um, favorite Chinese Zen teachers, uh, what is zazen? And Zhaozhou said, it's not zazen. And the monk said, why is it not zazen? <laughs> and Zhaozhou said, it's alive. It's alive. Or you could say, it's a living thing. So, you know, what, are, what, are, what do I think zazen is? And Zhaozhou says, it's not that. Um, Zenke Blanche Hartman, um, who is, um, was the abbess at San Francisco Zen Center and a teacher I practiced with for many years, she would often tell a story of how um, she was working really hard and she got really good at counting her breathing. And she got, she got really happy and she went to Suzuki Roshi and said, I can do zazen. <laughs> And Suzuki Roshi got pretty upset. <laughs> or, you know, with a little, a little bit of fierceness, said, you know, don't say you can do zazen. That is a big mistake. Only zazen does zazen. So, you know, what is zazen? And I think, you know, part of beginner's mind is like, actually, every time we sit down, we could have that. That could be a living question. And it's not actually... And like, you know, we might say, uncle, what is Zazen? I'll get the answer and then I'll do it. And I think in this practice, it's more like Zazen asks that question. Zazen is inquiring into Zazen. Zazen is investigating Zazen. Awakening is investigating awakening you know, through our life. And so this, this kind of beginner's question, like, what is Zazen? This is a question of the whole path. So then the next sentence in, the, in Dogen is, it is simply the Dharma gate of repose and bliss. So repose and bliss, other translations are peace and joy. Easy and pleasant. Uh, enjoyment and ease. And so Zazen as a ritual of repose and bliss. And part of this speaks to me that there's, like, there's no striving to get somewhere else in Zazen. Um, there's a Dogen scholar named He Jin Kim, and he talks about Dogen's teaching. One of the kind of general terms he uses that I like is that it's realizational. So, it's, it's working with what is. It's working with this moment. It's working with exactly our life. To realize, to actualize this. 
not you know not not um our idea of this beyond our idea of this what is this so big hearted effort to meeting this to actualizing this and so you know i might i might think that you know um well, first, you know, I want something. I want something different from this. And then my effort will be to move from here to there. And that's where effort comes from. And I guess, yeah, I think we can question that um, frame of effort and striving and seeking. So Dogen says, the practice realization of totally culminated enlightenment. So this is this is one of Dogen's, this is this this is in some ways his link. That opening question of Fukan Zazengi, you know, like if if uh, the way is basically perfect and all pervading, what need is there for concentrated effort or any kind of practice? Dogen's Dogen's resolution to that is is um, the practice of awakening. That's our practice. The practice isn't something we're engaging. Is that thing that we do to get to awakening over there? But this is what this is teaching us. This is showing us, leading us into what you know what awakening does. How awakening lives. Uh, in Tantric Buddhism, there's a teaching, a training in the result. So you could you could cultivate all sorts of causes and conditions for awakening. And this is just, just practice awakening. Just actualize true nature. Zazen isn't a technique. Zazen like, is awakening. It's um, Buddha's city. And we don't have to become different from this person for Buddha sitting to be here. And so there's a big relaxing of striving to get somewhere else. But it's not passive. Or it's, it's very active, actually, I would say, that our sitting practice. Think what is Buddha's sitting? Your your nature is awakening. Uh, Your heart is Avalokiteshvara's heart. Your hands and eyes are hands and eyes of great compassion. So in Rohatsu Sashin, we're celebrating Buddha's awakening. And we'll have we'll have a kind of dedicated Buddha's awakening ceremony tomorrow morning. But then the whole sashin is a ritual celebrating Buddha's awakening. Actually, at any time, any, any, all zazen is a ritual enactment of Buddha sitting under the Bodhi tree. 
So we, we perform this moment. Are we presence Buddha's awakening? Or like in the in ritual, in the ritual of Zazen, uh, Shakyamuni Buddha is realizing awakening uh, right now. So we, we honor the Buddha's life to make it present. You know, and to open the life of the present. So Dogen says, it is the manifestation of ultimate reality. Traps and snares can never reach it. And um, so it's a manifestation of ultimate reality is a translation of koan genjo. Actually, I don't like it <laughs> as a translation. But so genjo koan is this key teaching of Dogen. And so we have, the, and we, sometimes we uh, chant that text. It's a, it's a little bit longer than Fukan Zazengi. Um, and um, here, and Dogen does this in a few times, he takes the, that phrase, Genjo Koan, and reverses it to Koan Genjo. So it's one, of, and he kind of plays like this quite a bit. Um, Another translation I found is the koan manifests itself. Um, I, I like thinking of koan genjo as um, the koan of actualization. Or the, the koan of manifestation. So, you know, actualizing uh, what? Yeah. So actualizing awakening. Actually, actualizing how we all happen together with each other and the great earth. And this actualizing is not like a knowing or a grasping. It's, it's awakening, becoming real for, for us and in our uh, relations. And to call it a koan is, is to say, like, it's, this is something we don't figure out. And it's endless, you know, and the, the koan can come to a complete resolution in this moment, and the next moment is a new, it's a new koan. And so there's this endless inquiry, and the inquiry, it can be, it can have questions, it can be conceptual, but it doesn't, but it's actually, it's not, the inquiry is mainly happening through our whole being, through all body and mind. And it's an inquiry that's, you know, kindly, gently, you know, meeting my suffering you know, with uh, relaxation. And so our, you know, our awakened nature or Buddha nature is not a thing. It's alive. And so how awakening lives here, it's always a living question. So awakening is not, it's not really something we need to get or to see 
or experience. It's a, in Dogen's way, it's a practice. And you know, how awakening is living in our hearts is this dynamic thing. It's bringing us to practice. It's bringing us to, you know, ever widening love and compassion. And endless engagement. Dogen says traps and snares can never reach it. You know, so Jojo says it's alive, it's alive. You know, traps and snares can never reach its aliveness. You know, it's um it's a, a wholeness. And so, if, however we try to trap it, um, it's always uh, the wholeness of the trap and the rest of the the rest of everything. And I, I feel like actually striving and seeking can be a way of talking about how awakening lives in our hearts. And the problem is just when that, that seeking or, or striving gets kind of shaped or directed towards something graspable. And then I'm kind of trapping myself in, a, you know, in my own trap that I made. And I've kind of limited zazen or limited practices and a kind of tunnel to get to some other graspable place that seems better. So rather than, and so that's like um, shining the light outward. It's like shine the light inward or take the backward step uh, into just the seeking heart. into the seeking itself and allow, you know, gently um, allow my heart seeking to be full and deep. And, you know, you might see like, does this seeking want to find like a word or words or an image What is my inmost request? What is my heart's deepest seeking? And this is part of the opportunity of Sashin. You know, to become really intimate with my deepest seeking, with my inmost request. And from that intimacy, you know, engage the koan of actualization. Like how will this manifest? How does this manifest in Zazen? How does this manifest as a go home? How does this manifest in, you know, all the tiny encounters? Zazen is alive as an ever unfolding, you know, conversation between us and all things. 
So we can, we can welcome what's happening. You know, welcome world. Welcome chainsaws. Or whatever that is. <laughs> what is the world? The zazen welcoming and inquiring. And the world can inquire through zazen. What is zazen? What is zazen right now? And everything is included in zazen, inquiring into zazen. And the conversation is in its fullness is ungraspable, but it is um, really real. <laughs> so Dogen says, once its heart is grasped, you are like a dragon gaining the water, like a tiger taking to the mountains. Another translation is once you experience it, you are like a dragon swimming in the water, or a tiger reposing in the mountains. And this is something Dogen's taken straight out of a, um, a meditation manual, probably written in the 11th century in China by Tsung Se. I don't know if he got this phrase from a yet earlier text. I couldn't, I couldn't find it earlier, but so this is some, so Dogen, Dogen kind of based Fukan Zazengi on this Chinese, med Chinese meditation manual, Zen meditation manual. And then he changed a bunch of things. And that was maybe around 1230-ish. And then sometime over the next 10 years, he made a bunch of more changes. And then we have, so we have a second version. That's the one we chant, which is more, probably more at 1242 or something. So this is something Dogen was working on, these, these meditation instructions. But this is a phrase he kept. Um, in uh, Korean Buddhism, um, a tiger embodies the spirit of the mountain. And so it, I think, you know, um, I don't know if it's in every Buddhist temple, but in every Buddhist temple I went to in Korea, there is an image, usually a painting on the, on the wall, either like a, the, one of the walls of the Buddha hall, or sometimes like a dedicated hall, but a painting of a tiger, and sometimes a tiger and an old man. This is like honoring the spirit of the mountain, Sanshin. So the mountain is, the mountain is not just the tiger's home, like the tiger is manifesting the spirit or the heart of the mountain. And then the temple's honoring the spirit of the mountain, allowing the temple to be on this mountain, be in, be in relationship with this mountain. And so the tiger taking to the mountains, like the mountain spirit returning to the mountain. And dragons, dragons are associated with rain. 
And there's also a myth of the dragon gate. This sometimes comes up in Zen. Um, so there's this dragon gate. It's at the top of this um, waterfall, massive waterfall. And the story is that, you know, if a, if a carp can swim all the way upstream and then somehow get up that waterfall, um, becomes a dragon. And the scales of a dragon are kind of because from the scales of a carp. Actually, when it, I went to Hawaii, Sarah and I with the with the loka went to Hawaii, and we were we were at this like a big waterfall, like I don't know, seventy or eighty feet, and there was some kind of little fish that would get up that waterfall. <laughs> Um, somehow like smushing itself into the rocks and just it, it, they, they would go all the way up somehow <laughs> and become dragons so in, in Zazen finding our uh, true home on the first day Sarah said um you know, we're finding our element. Like samsara is our element. Uh, suffering is our element. Uh, causes and conditions of this life are our element. And the, the boundless relationality of what's happening, of how we happen. So pain and, and suffering is where awakening has its life, its function. Finding a way through like a, a vast forest of thorns. And in the middle of that, finding our home. A sense of belonging or you know, unconditional belonging. Or you know, our heart or spirit, you know, coming home to our true heart, our true spirit. You know, the Dharma gate of repose and bliss. And finding your place, finding your seat. And near the end of Fukanza Zengi, Dogen says, please honored followers of Zen, long accustomed to groping for the elephant, do not be suspicious of the true dragon. So groping for the elephant is like, you know, 
all the different people feeling an elephant and saying, oh, it's like, it's like a big vertical log. And like, no, it's like this kind of weird little tube. And no, it's like this flat pancake thing. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, and this is like, this is our thinking. This is everything we know. Just pieces. And do not be suspicious of the true dragon. So there's a story that there was a, uh, a guy who loved dragons and, um, or he thought he loved dragons. <laughs> he collected dragon images and like carved dragons, paintings of dragons, had his house full of dragon imagery. And one day a dragon saw this guy's house and thought, this guy really likes dragons. <laughs> I'm gonna go pay him a visit. And so he went and paid the guy a visit and the guy um, fainted. It was too much for him. So that was it. That was he was, you know, that he was suspicious. <laughs> so uh, it's a kind of a faith or a trust. Uh, you are a dragon, a big. A tremendous magical being, or you're a tiger, or the like the heart of a mountain. In the Shuso ceremony, we say like, dragons and elephants. That's how the Shuso talks to the assembly. Dragons and tigers. Um, bodhisattvas. Call forth as much as you can of love, of respect, and of faith. And, um, and welcome to, to the ocean and welcome to the mountain. Thank you very much for your practice. May our intention Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.